Sports, 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 sports. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Welcome to the show. It's Punchlines. I'm Frank Nicotero, longtime comedian, lifelong sports fan, ladies and gentlemen. It's October. This is the best time of year if you're into sports. We got all the four major sports playing tonight. Game one of the World Series. It's going to be great. We have a great show for you guys tonight. Um, oh, by the way, it's show 15 today. So we're, we're this is our third week. So once again, you know we're driving for 500, 500 subscribers, and I noticed we, we got some more the other day. So we're close. Remember, the 500th person to subscribe will get five minutes of airtime on this show. This could be a huge mistake. I haven't cleared it with anybody, but it's just a little thing that I like to think is going to happen. So could be interesting, right, Ryan McCormick, our producer? Yeah, we'll see what we can make happen. Yeah, I mean, it could be it could be a good thing. It could be bad. Final hour show 15. of three. That's also the jersey number of all-star pitcher and World Series champion Denny Nagel. Buddy of mine for 30-plus years, he wore number 15. He will be here next week. I just keep talking about it because we're very excited. Denny will be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live in studio. He's flying in just to be on the show, and he's bringing some friends with him. Marty Cordova, uh, local boy, AL Rookie of the Year in 95. Greg Vaughn's going to be here, and we believe Tom Glavin is going to video in. So big baseball next week. We're going to be talking baseball. Talking baseball. Oh, boy, Terry Cashman. Remember that song? I know our guy. You don't know Talking Baseball. Nope. Talking Willie and the okay, you that's he's too young. Uh, Over my head. like I'm saying, he's here now, but you'll meet him in a second. Dodgers play by play man Tim Neverett, who I listened to hundreds of times doing pirate games, and he was there for those three magical seasons that we may never have again in Pittsburgh. That we call them magical seasons just being in the wild card game, and that's that was magic for us pirate fans. It's been tough, and also the return of Kevin Belenkoff. Kevin will be the first ever two timer. Kevin, congratulations. I don't know. Do we have a special prize or anything for Kevin being the first return guest? We'll see what we can whip up. That's that's just true. We'll see yeah, what we can we'll, whip up. That's we'll, you go. We'll see. <laughs> uh, he's got some winners for the weekend. Kevin's been on fire. So he's got some winners for the weekend, which sounds uh, reminds me of the Loverboy song. Everybody wants some winners for the weekend. And you remember Loverboy. <laughs> have you ever heard of Loverboy, Brian? Yes. The, you have. Could you well, name another yeah. Loverboy song? No, I couldn't. Okay. Loving every minute of it? No? Okay. Nope. All right, Ryan. I, only uh, I wanted to welcome Ryan into the show as we always do, but also I wanted to wish him because he is uh, he's a local. Happy Nevada Day. Today's Nevada Day. Thank you. Thank you. I was not Even aware. Even though I don't have the day off. You don't get the day off. No. You would like the day off though, wouldn't you? Maybe. To maybe to go watch game. the hockey game. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit now. They play they play a matinee game every year on 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 the state. I didn't know. It's the last Friday of uh, of every. October. Every October. Yeah. So yep. I didn't know what this was. So it's a legal halt. Why are we working today? Shouldn't we? We should have the day off. Well, we've got a show to do. We've got a show to do. Damn it. We've got to entertain people and have Kevin give them some winners. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk gambling. Yeah. It commemorates the day, the state's October 31st, 1864 admission to the union. The first known observance of Nevada Day, originally known as Admission Day, was by the Pacific Coast Pioneer Society in the 1870s. Nevada legislature established it as a state holiday in 1933. It was originally observed on Halloween. Probably not a great idea. I mean, why combine the holidays? Or a great idea. Or a great idea, right? So you get candy, you get the day the off. The whole day off for candy. And you dress up as your favorite Nevada person, right? You could dress up More like or less. Yeah. an old mobster, or you could dress up as Elvis. A, a cocktail server. You could dress up as a- Elvis. Elvis. You could do Elvis. So see, I went, I went through the source. Or a, or a NASCAR <laughs> driver. Whatever. Yeah, Elvis. Go. There you go. Uh, but it's, a, it's to give it a three-day weekend. In 2000, Nevada Day was moved to the last Friday of November. So it's like a three-day weekend, so people are partying. It's Vegas. They're already partying, but that's cool. All right. Let's talk about Nailed It and Failed It last night. Um, nailed It, chicken piccata from Trader Joe's. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I had Josh Allen over 25 and a half yards. Okay, I do the props. You know that. 25 and a half what runs, yards? The touchdown, Rush yards? put him over. Uh, I did not have LeBron over 1.5 swearing on the postgame show live on TNT, but he did last night. He swore twice. He hit the over? He okay. did. I, I, I took the under. I thought LeBron would be, you know, more reserved. Even though he was excited, they won the home opener. And he exceeded his minutes cap. Apparently, you know, he's 38. They're, they're putting a cap. He said, nope. I'm, he told the coach, nope. Got to win the home opener. So good for you, LeBron. Lakers won by five. The line was six and a half. I didn't take that. Uh, what did I fail? The Grand Salami was 70 and a half. Only 58 goals scored last night. So lost on the Salami. And uh, I think that's all I failed last night. We no, no, show? you forgot one. No, that's all I failed. You forgot I, one. I failed at the... Yeah, well, there was Thursday Night Football last night. 
Oh, that graphic. Just look at that red X right over my face. Yes, there was Thursday Night Football. Did we have some sort of wager? I'm 0-2 against I believe you. we did. You are now 0-3. I'm 0-3 against Ryan, ladies. I know the live comments are just it's going crazy about this, that I'm 0-3 against you. Yeah, I lost again. Courtney's going to help you make the pumpkin. I got to make a pumpkin. So it was the Bills were nine and a half point favorites against Tampa Bay. So at the end of the game, I'm looking good. Fourth down, it's over. Wait, face mask? What? I thought the game was over. I'm like, I finally beat Ryan. He's going to have to carve the pumpkin for Monday show. But no, there was a, look, the, the replay, did you put the replay of the game on up there just to mock me? Uh, yeah, and then that fluky touchdown. Uh, was that also a fourth down play? I think it was. I don't know. But anyway, it bounces off the defender. Mike Evans had the Tip concentration pass. and the wherewithal to catch the ball. Then They, they could have won the game on the Hail Mary if that, Chris Godwin was any bit aware. If he turns aware. around a half second earlier, he might have had it. And, and kudos Everyone to, else was getting mugged. Yeah. By the way, I know. I think the refs go, look, we can't call pass interference on a Hail Mary. It's just not Not on happen. the Bills again to end the game. Yeah. Like they did against the Giants where they had the... Darren Waller, uh, pass interference, put him yes. at the one, and then again, same end zone, second too. time, yeah, I two mean, in a row. Yeah, you just can't call a penalty on that. But yeah, there was there I was money. The police should have been called. But yeah, Godwin almost has that. And by the way, kudos to Baker Mayfield who threw that ball nearly sixty-five yards in I the air. In the air. Yeah, I didn't think Baker had that gun, but he did. And that's <laughs> it's not a warm night in Buffalo. That ball's not sailing through warm air. Congratulations, Baker Mayfield. You didn't win, but you covered the spread. You only lost by six points. Meaning I am going to have to carve some sort of pumpkin for the show on Monday, which I don't mind. I'll go out. We'll get a pumpkin. And uh, there are some cool pumpkins, sports-themed pumpkins. Can you show some of those sports-themed pumpkins? Yeah, we've got we some awesome ones. Yeah. Now, we have some awesome ones. I have not seen these. Ryan chose these. He's smiling already. So there we go. You son of a <laughs> <laughs> Ray Lewis. They had to show Ray Lewis. Really? You have to show the most hated man in Steeler Nation. I, it's a football Friday. I'm wearing my Steelers shirt. There's actually, oh, and I wonder if they used a knife to carve that. That's interesting. It's a little Ray Lewis. We've got some other ones. There's some other ones. All yeah. right, there we go. Oh, that's a Peyton Manning one. That's good. Yep. We got Jackie and Michael Robinson. Jordan. And is that Jordan up there? Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. And Ty, where's Tiger? Oh, that's Tiger Woods. In the Woods. corner. I thought it was yep. Jackie Robinson. Those are amazing. Who did those? I just found them on the internet. Now, you're not expecting me to do something quite like that. No, you got it. Because I see there's a lot of ones where I'm just... actually expecting your face with hashtag punch Frank Nicotero. So you expect me to fit my face and the words hashtag yes. punch Frank Nicotero. You got it. Really big pumpkin. You know, I, I, I have like, I don't have tools like that. I, I, I guess I got to go to Target. All right. Well, I'll do my best. And by the way, uh, the pumpkin will be here on Monday show. <clears throat> and we're going to leave it there until it rots. Because I looked this up according to the website Kitchen Insanity. A carved pumpkin will last three to 10 days, most usually uh, most usually around a week. So that'll be fun to track like a little science project. We can watch it slowly. Mold. Run. Yeah. Like my gambling, my gambling bets on this show. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Hashtag Frank or hashtag punch Frank Nicotero. It's, it's taken Twitter by storm. That, that, you know, we had, a, we had a lot of hits on me mentioning that Tim was good. We had like 4,000 hits on that when I, uh, I tagged Tim Neverin in that. So you Tim's an important Tim guy. Out. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and talk about some Frank's fast takes before we bring Tim in here. Want to say happy birthday on this date. Uh, it's Lonzo Ball's birthday. Lonzo Ball, it's his birthday. Now, this guy, I watched him play at UCLA. I actually went to a couple games and saw him play. Second overall pick in 2021 out of UCLA. Then he goes to the Bulls, sign and trade. Four years, $85 million. Okay? Now, this is a, this is a little contest for you. This is an over-under bet. We like to talk gambling here. Which number is greater, his age or the percentage of games he will have played for the Bulls at the end of the next regular season? The reason I say next regular season, he's out this year and he's out next year. <laughs> so uh, what do you think? So 2020, 21 and 22, he played 35 games, but he missed 47. I'm going to tell you that right now. So what do you think is greater, the percentage of games that he plays in or his age? Well... I know how old he is okay. because his senior year in high school was my freshman year in high school. So, Are you that big of a fan of Lonzo Ball? No, but the year he graduated was the year my girlfriend graduated, so I kind of just put that math together. Six degrees of your girlfriend, and always yeah. respect your girlfriend. That's yeah. very sweet of you. What's your girlfriend's name, by the way? Tiffany. Tiffany. All right, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to miss 211 27. games. 26. 26. <laughs> yeah, 16% of the games. And how old is he today again? He's 20, 26. 26. Yeah, this guy, I mean, what a deal. So basically, um, he's, getting, he's going to play in about 89 games. If he plays a season average of 54 games, 
He'll play roughly 89 games for $85 million. That's almost a million dollars a game. That's more than Giannis's new contract. I'm so glad the Chicago team is paying it. Yeah, exactly. Your Bulls, that's right. Yep. Yeah, they could have used him because they had a winning record. Uh, they had one of the best records in the NBA when he was playing, and then as soon as he got hurt, they go into the toilet. So, yeah, no, if anyway, that offense would be a lot of fun. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Got some be high very flyers. Fun. There'd be a lot of speed on that team. Now, here's the thing. I read a quote by uh, Ball. He said if he wasn't a basketball player, he'd be a rapper. Well, you're not a basketball player, so get back to rapping. Uh, but he does have a rap video out. Let's throw it. Let's show it. This is uh, a, a song about his brother's shoe called Mellow Ball Ones. So he wrote a song about his brother. See, that's most rappers are boastful. He writes a song about his brother because his crazy dad probably told him to. <laughs> Gotta hype him up. Gotta hype him up. And his, I mean, Mello is 16 at this point. Is that right? He's only 16 in this? How'd these shoes sell? I don't, really, I don't know if I've ever seen those on the street. I don't think they did very successful We saw enough. That's, uh, anyway, he's a rapper. Uh, also on this day in 2002, Emmett Smith. This is a sad day for you. I know he broke the NFL career. Rushing yards record held by the late Walter Payton. You had Walter Payton jersey here earlier this week. And we actually have video of him on the run. This is we should. Good. We have the 11-yard run of him passing Walter Payton, and he ended the game with 109 yards of the touchdown. He ended up with 16,743 yards. If we don't have the video, we can just show the chart. doesn't matter. No, we were listening to Lonzo's song for a while. Oh, you're still listening to Lonzo? It's a banger. Oh, the Lonzo song. I was supposed to be dancing to that. Yeah, look at this. I... <laughs> Look at that. That's that's going to be, you know, in the day where running backs really aren't getting paid or played much, 18,000 yards for Emmett Smith. I mean, that's that's not going to be touched. Do you see that record being broken? No. The way unless it gets back not to running. Not in today's game. How about Frank Gore? That guy played for 15 years, 16. He ended with 16,000 on the Flat. button. Man, Barry Sanders, well Barry Barry he quit early. He came out had a shot. But yeah, that's an impressive list right there. I don't see any current running backs approaching that top seven right there. God, LaDainian Thomason, he was so good. All right. Um, what's that? Do you have any live comments, by the way? Um, We're about to we should have in. that video of Emmett Smith. Oh, um, we do have the video? We and should. There it is. All right, here's Emmett Smith, number 22, Dallas Cowboys, breaking Walter Payne's record. Thank God it wasn't on like a one-yard like plunge or something. There it is. Needed 10, got 11. Unbelievable. Yeah, Emmett um, Smith was great. And I actually met him. He was on Dancing with the Stars once. And uh, I was working in the same studio, and I got to meet him. He was a very nice guy. Not as big as you'd think either. Yeah. All, all right. right. Very good. Okay. <laughs> also, two more things that we want to talk about. Just Brian, just kind of nuts. Yeah. Interesting. All right. We want to talk baseball because our guest is coming in. 1996, the Giants won their – or the, the Yankees won their first World Series since 1978, uh, which pains me because 77 and 78, I was a little kid living in L.A., and I was a Dodger fan listening to the games. But in 96, Charlie Hayes caught the last out. I remember because the Pirates traded him to the Yankees, but Key Brian Hayes plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who better win the gold glove this year at third base. Um, congratulations. Stealing it from Arenado. What's that? Stealing it from Arenado. Well, Arenado, he's not even in the final three yeah. this year, right? After winning it for a whole straight decade. Yeah, which, by the way, Hayes should have won it last year. He had a better year. Uh, he just Yesterday, he just won, I forget the name of the award. Tim Never might know, but it's for the most the best defender in all of baseball. Hayes won it. So that's like a precursor to the gold glove. He's going to get it. And also on this day in 2020, just three years ago, the LA Dodgers won the World Series. So it's the first time since 1988 when Kirk Gibson's dramatic home run, of course, off of Eckersley, propelled them to a 4-0 sweep of the A's. And he is here now. This gentleman right here also used to do the Pirate games. He's done Red Sox games. He's done a lot. Tim Neverett is here. Tim, yay. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for being here and enduring. Thank you, Frank. Those hysterical jokes that we do on the show. <laughs> and I didn't do my dance. I was supposed to be dancing during the Mellow Ball video. I was going to do something like that. But let's just get to baseball. So three years ago today, you see the Dodgers win the World Series. Yeah, it was a little different, though, because we weren't there. Yeah. We were calling Remote. games off the screens uh, back at Dodger Stadium. But you felt like you were there. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, during the pandemic season, uh, uh, no, you didn't feel like you were there when they were on the road or anything. And it was weird at Dodger Stadium at night because you know, we're calling them in the booth, we, they moved us over from the radio side. They moved us over to a luxury suite so we could spread out. When we did TV, we were just in the regular TV booth, exactly five feet, 11 inches away from each other to social distance. <laughs> That's one inch short, I believe. Yeah, yeah I guess we were shorter than that. Believe me. We were closer than that, but that's where the TV lights were. So we exactly. had to be in yeah, you can't move anyway, those. but it was, uh, it was strange. And, and I mean, I remember nights 
leaving there um, after road games, walking out into the Dodger Stadium parking lot and uh, seeing coyotes running around. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've got pictures of one right near my car. Um, we could hear them at night during the games. You know, take your headset off during a timeout, and you can hear the coyotes up in the mountains. But when you're there at Dodger Stadium and you get 50,000 people there, there's no coyotes to be seen. Wow. It was National Howl at the Moon Day yesterday, by yeah. the way. I was howling, ow, I was howling uh, shirtless in the parking lot oh, to celebrate that. That was you. Yeah, that was me. I was waking up people. I know security had to come. Um, yeah, it was It was very surreal. I remember even, like, uh, my girlfriend and I would go to Universal Studios, and you'd come out, and there'd be coyotes in the parking lot. Because yeah. it was one of the few places that was open, and we'd go there and get some walking in and ride the Jurassic Park ride for the 300th time. And there would be coyotes out there. But at Dodger Stadium, that, that's probably the one time there was no traffic coming out of the stadium. It was beautiful. That, <laughs> from that perspective, it was, you know, we would joke about this, too, yeah. because we would say, hey, th this is the one good thing, <laughs> the one good thing about the pandemic. Anybody who's ever been to oh, yeah. the game at Dodger Stadium <laughs> understands the traffic situation. Yeah. Even when you're broadcasting, by the time you're done, when you have to leave, you're still going to sit there. And that's why we have a long radio postgame show, because <laughs> everybody's tuned into it. But um, it's uh, it was different. It was very, really, really different. When the Dodgers were home that year, uh, we had an award-winning, and a, I think I want to say an Academy or Emmy award-winning uh, audio producer that put together the track so there would be crowd noise. Yeah. And you would hear certain chants in the background, like, let's go, Dodgers. That's amazing. And, I mean, it was really, really well done. Uh, you had all the, all the cardboard cutouts down there that people bought for charity. So you had something in the stands. Uh, the, what we looked at it from the backside, looking at the field, all we saw were white <laughs> cardboard. It looked like a row of tombstones, you know, all the way Jeez. around. But uh, it was just very, very different, a very, very different season. Um, but, you know, culminating in a World Series. And, you know, there's a lot of people like to say, well, it wasn't a real season. Well, it was a real season. It was a real season. It was a real season for everybody else. Yeah. And Mickey there were Mouse. some major, major challenges that made it even harder to get through because, I mean, you had to be tested all the time. You had to uh, abide by all kinds of restrictions. Um, uh, you know, I could go up and down the list, but it was so different in a lot of ways that it was much more challenging. And when Jeez. we came back for a full season in 2021, uh, we still had some restrictions for a while, but it was way easier because of the routine you get into on a daily basis going to the ballpark. And no coyotes. Not too many. <laughs> no. Now, you know, the thing is, uh, you talked about you guys had like an Emmy winning sound guy mixing, let's go Dodgers. Dodgers do things right. Most of the teams in the major league I had read used the crowd noise from an Xbox game. MLB the show. MLB the show. There you go. <laughs> yep. So that was just easier. That's just baseball so right there. So when we would do games <laughs> on the road, right. we're sitting at Dodger Stadium looking at TV screens, and the audio track that we're hearing is from the video game. Yeah, exactly. So, and we can tell. I yeah. mean, you know, it's crazy. But the Dodgers did things right. Um, you were with Boston before that. I was the Red Sox. Now you grew up. You grew up in that part of the country. I did. So that I, must have been a thrill. Yeah, it was. It was. It was neat. I, you know, uh, I was there for three years. I could have stayed longer um, because I had to work for the flagship radio station. Uh, <laughs> they made it pretty easy for me to decide that I didn't want to stay there uh, much longer, uh, as long as I had to work for them because they were nuts. Um, <laughs> Do we want to dive into that no, a little bit? Or? I mean, they, they wanted to change the broadcast entirely into a talk show. Oh, God. Uh, I was told that to my face by what, the what, general what, manager. What would the point of oh, that they, be? Oh, they felt they were going to reinvent the game. I was going to say, yeah. no one does this. And I said, no, it's not going to work for me. So uh, a couple of months later, before the season even ended, I knew I had an opportunity with L.A. And so I just kind of kept my mouth shut, finished out the season, and, and just took the job with the Dodgers. Unbelievable. Well, I, see, I so. grew up in Pittsburgh. I, I was born in Pittsburgh, but – I lived in Los Angeles from ages like six to 10. So that's when I first saw baseball. I remember my dad changing the channel one night. I'm like, what's that? And I, I, I've, I have this memory. It was Don Sutton. I remember it was Don Sutton pitching. And all of a sudden I became this crazy baseball fan with pictures of all the dives. I was a Ron Say fan. I loved the Penguin. And I didn't realize, and I had a transistor radio. Transistor radios, Ryan, they were small radios. They got AM radio. Have you ever, have you ever listened to AM what is, radio? What is that? Exactly. All right. So anyway. It's like your phone, except if you pulled a big antenna <laughs> and it had a little antenna. plug in there for a little one one white earpiece. And it was like being on a bad phone call. Like an really staticky. And then, yeah. So I remember the first games I listened to were Vince Scully, and I thought, oh, okay, everyone's as good as this guy, right? Everyone, when I listened to baseball. So my first games were Vince Scully. I remember staying up late listening to him do a game against the Giants where Jerry Royce pitched a no-hitter. I think it was 8 nothing, and I stayed up the whole night. And there was something about the static, 
that made it nice in the glow of the radio. So I heard Vince Scully. I'm just wondering who are some of the guys you heard, who are some of the, the announcers you looked up to and made you want to become a baseball announcer, which is something I wanted to do had I not become a comedian. It was something I, I definitely wanted. I was going to go to Syracuse or Ohio U with programs and well, I think it was it was the one guy wasn't even a baseball announcer. The, oh. the guy that I looked up to as a kid uh, it was the old Boston Celtics radio announcer Johnny Most. Johnny Most, yeah, with that voice like this. Yes, you know. Have a check, stole the ball. Uh, DJ brings it up. He fiddles <laughs> and diddles, diddles and daddles, gives it to Robert. Rainbow, bang. <laughs> so, uh, but it was in the eighth grade. I had uh, my dad had the job of getting uh, a guest speaker for our our uh, our junior high school athletics banquet. And he knew somebody who knew somebody. And the next thing you know, we're going to pick up Johnny Most at a wow. Friendly's ice cream shop, <laughs> which he frequently did. He hang out there? Yeah, he did. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not kidding. So anyway, <laughs> we go pick him up there at Friendly's and then uh, we take him in. So he's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. And he says to me, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I, I want to do what you do, Johnny. I want to be a sports he announcer. He did Friendly's. Yeah. I don't want to have to make a diet out of Friendly's, but I want to be a sports announcer. And he said, all right, I'll give you some advice. And he said, every day, put a marble in your mouth. And I'm thinking, I am getting this great technical, <laughs> yeah. this, this speech Words technique wisdom. from the guy with the, he sounds like he swallowed broken glass. <laughs> Not ice cream. Yeah. No. And, and, and then he said, uh, when it's full and you can't get any more in there, take a marble out. And when you've lost all your marbles, you're ready for this job. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. And it's, it's, it rings true. It does. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, a couple of years later when I was, uh, a few years later, when I was in college, uh, after my freshman year, I had an opportunity. I was playing baseball, but I had and you a went to Emerson College. I did. It's a and huge, I huge. I mean, a lot of comedians, a lot yeah. of famous people in LA have gone there. It's right. a great, it's a great liberal arts school, or is that what it is? Or? Well, it's a communications, communications uh, specialist, a, you know, theater arts. Television, yeah, and you were playing film. baseball there. Sorry, so I was playing baseball there, and and I had an opportunity to intern with the Pittsburgh Pirates Double A team that was in my hometown, and. Um, Long story short, the announcers didn't work for the team. They worked for the radio station. They all had other they had other things they were doing. Right. And when they got the job, they're like, oh, this is great. I'm going to broadcast pro baseball. Then about a month into the season, they're like, man, this takes a lot of time. <laughs> it takes work. Yeah. So uh, about, I don't know, I, I got back from school and I'm playing semi-pro baseball in the summer. That's what we did then. And uh, I get a call. Yeah, you want to intern? Yeah, I do. So I show up at the ballpark. I get them the lineups. I get them this, get them that, go down on the field, get them whatever. About a week later, one of them says, hey, so-and-so is not going to be here tomorrow. You want to do an inning? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So they realize now that they can go and do their softball tournaments or their family <laughs> picnics or whatever they're going to do at the night. The kid will come in. The bowling tournament. What? And they're like, he'll just do it. So by the 4th of July, I was doing both ends of a doubleheader by myself. Wow. And I ended up doing probably 50 games that summer. That's tremendous. And that's how. And I realized this is what I want to do. When I, I said uh, my, my college coach used to tell us all the time, not a single one of you SOBs is going to the big leagues unless it's as an announcer. <laughs> And it's true because myself and uh, Steve Berthium, who's who does the Diamondbacks on TV, we, yeah. we played together. Oh, come on! That's so right. there's two of us on the from the same team who are in the big leagues as an announcer. You know, the, the Pirates had a was it a single A or double A team? What, what was double the, A? What what team? Where what city? The was Nashua, it? New Hampshire. Nashua, New Hampshire. In the old so Eastern League. I had a friend, uh, Ed Driscoll, is a comedian friend of mine. He had a joke for years. The Pirates used to have a minor league team in Hawaii. Oh yeah, triple okay. A, yep. triple A team in Hawaii. We don't know why. Right. So it was, Hawaii's here. Pittsburgh's here. And he said that, you know, players would be like, oh, my God, I went three for five. I, I better strike out or I'm going to be in Pittsburgh tomorrow. That's so right. you know? Guys didn't want to get called <laughs> no, out. No, why, why would you want to leave Hawaii and, yeah. and come to Pittsburgh? This is the time when the Pirates weren't very good. You said uh, you got to call an inning. I actually got to call a half inning of a Cubs game once. I was lucky enough in 2000, uh, I think it was around 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, I was hosting a show called Street Smarts and, and Tribune Entertainment. Uh, Tribune was the, they syndicated the show. So I was asked to sing the, the 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 take me out to the ball game seventh inning stretch. Oh, that's Harry, an honor! Yeah. It's an honor. It's a legendary yeah. honor that I got to do. And then I got to go over and, and sit in the radio booth, and and I told them how like you know my my dream was to be a baseball announcer. And after one out, they go, "Okay, man, on first, take the rest of the inning. Next pitch, six four three double play." <laughs> so, so it lasted. I was like, "This is great. There could be a rally. Maybe at one pitch, six four three double play." And they go, and that's the end of your career. Thanks for being here, Frank Nicotero. And that was it. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, I like, and then I moved to Pittsburgh 
And then I started listening to Lanny Frateri. So Lanny Frateri was a longtime broadcaster for the Pirates and uh, does a lot of Ohio State stuff still, maybe. I can't remember. He's still around. Yeah, he's doing uh, – he, he teaches uh, He teaches at yeah. one of the local colleges now. and he, he'll... Oh, yeah, Waynesburg. Waynesburg. That's right. It's yeah, Waynesburg. Waynesburg. That's State, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved Lanny. Yeah. So I grew up on Lanny and – and uh, so I had Vince Scully and Lanny, and those were two, I mean, they're, t- they're my two favorites. Because um, you hear him as a kid, right? So who would you hear as a kid doing Red Sox games? Well, or I, I would hear Ken Coleman do, do Boston, okay. do the Red Sox. And, and, uh, and even as a younger kid, even Kurt Gowdy. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, was doing him. We had uh, Dick Stockton, who did television, and he worked with Ken Harrelson at that time. Kid, yeah, Ken Harrelson. Oh, got into the fight with uh, Pete Rose. Is it, was it Harrelson that got into it? Or was that Bud Harrelson, the... Bud Harrelson. Bud Harrelson, yeah. yeah sorry, okay. But uh, Hawk Harrelson was was Hawk. he was young in the TV business at that time. He just finished playing, and and Dick Stockton was a young broadcaster then. And so those are the, and Ned Martin is another one. Ned Martin, I don't know that who name. did uh, Red Sox baseball for a okay. long time. Yeah. So those are the guys that I would listen to and watch. And then we had the advent of uh, cable television when I was mm. I don't know maybe fifteen or sixteen. Came into my my hometown, but we didn't have remote controls then. So. <laughs> I you was, were the remote. I control. was the remote yeah. control for my dad, and and there was, we had, uh, uh, you know, we could watch baseball all the time. We because it wasn't regulated, so because we had cable, uh, we had a little sliding channel changer yeah. at the top, right? <laughs> yep. So my dad would say, "Check out the Braves." Yeah. The Red Sox would go to commercial. Check out the Braves. So I'd flip it over to TBS. See how the Mets are doing. I flip W-O-R. it to WOR. Yeah. Right. What about the Yankees? WPIX. He goes, uh, all right, check out the – see what the Expos are doing. We go to Canal Trays. <laughs> and, and it was neat because baseball and French is kind of fun, right? Yeah. So it would be like, you know, Le Lanceur ce soir is Steve Rogers and the Guardian de Boo, Gary Carter. It's Umbal Dupree's or Warren Cromarty. Warren Cromarty. And, you know, so you'd listen to baseball in French. Yeah. Jacques Doucet. You remembered this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you speak French or only baseball French? No, I can get by. Okay. I can can sneak by. Because up in New England, when you grow up, that's what you learn. You don't learn Spanish like the rest of the country. Right. You learn French. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, I watched, we watched baseball all the time. We watched all these games. Uh, uh, It was really at the time, you know, 1973 when the designated hitter came in. That's pretty much all I knew was the DH in the American League. But now I'm watching the National League going, this is really cool i i was I like against it. it bob walk who we were talking about off air a second ago was you know ban the dh yep. but it really makes it's really makes the game a little more exciting i mean i always like the purist and the bunts and the uh, double yeah, switches it's, it's but, baseball i i like it uh, mm-hmm. i miss it um but i'm accustomed to it yeah so i i've been in the national league my whole career until i went to boston mm-hmm. and then when i went to boston seeing the dh on a daily basis yeah. it was like this is a different game. Yeah. There's a different responsibility for the number eight hitter all the time in the, in the national league than in the American league, In the American league. You're just another guy in the lineup. So, uh, you know, now it's the same way and it's fine. It's baseball. I love it. But, uh, I can say, I remember when <laughs> I know I, I, I remember the last, I, 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 I don't remember the last double switch I called, but I, you know, the times of the double switch were, uh, they're all dead and gone. I yeah. Think, at this point in time. <laughs> and the first DH was it Ron Bloomberg? Ron, Bloomberg, Ron Bloomberg from the Yankees. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Steve Rogers. It just triggered in my head. I was a big baseball card collector. I'm mm-hmm. sure you probably collected cards as a kid. Steve Rogers, they misspelled it. They put a D in Rogers. And I wrote a letter to top saying, you misspelled Steve Rogers, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me a box of baseball cards yeah. for finding the mistake. And that was like the greatest day of my life. So my partner on radio with the Dodgers, Rick Monday. Oh yeah, uh, so yeah. 1981. Oh yeah, the home run. Right, yeah, he's up in Montreal in the National League Championship Series, and I think it's the eighth inning. And they bring Rogers, who's a starter, yes. who's their ace. Yeah, they bring him out of the bullpen, and, and he's a right-hander. Monday's a lefty. Yep. And so there's still a lot of question, a lot of you know second guessing. So Rick hits the home run. The Dodgers win. They win the the pennant and go to the World Series. Um, there were times after that where Rick and uh, his his roomie Steve Yeager, the catcher, oh yeah, Yeager, uh, they were they were actually thrown out of a restaurant one time because <laughs> the, the owner refused to serve them because of what they did to the Expos. Uh, they've had guys up there try to fight them. Jesus, uh, oh yeah, he's got great stories, but uh, but oh, Steve, Steve Rogers was the guy that served up that yeah. home run on what they call Blue Monday in Montreal. Oh my god, I can see the replay yeah. in my head, him getting to the dugout yeah. and. Oh my god! I remember watching that game, man, because I, I, Dodgers and Pirates were my two teams. And when I was a kid, my favorite non-Dodger, non-Pirate was Jim Rice. I loved Jim Rice for the Red Sox, and I paid four dollars for a signed card 
And that was the most I'd ever spent on a yeah. card. Jim Ed Rice, good guy, Hall of Famer. Yeah. I used to see him quite a bit in Boston. Saw him a lot in Boston. Um, and he looks the same from when he played. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a sharp dresser, too. I got to give him that. He's he's really, really good guy. Uh, well, I'm wearing but my he's, good he's done Steeler a... shirt today for you, Tim. That's nice. This Thank you. This is a good one. The ste Steeler. But, you know, in Pittsburgh, everyone has like a Steeler shirt, and then they have their dress <laughs> no they don't they have they have 12 Steelers that's shirts. all they have uh, you think yeah. i'm joe you go to pittsburgh as all people wear are penguins Steelers jerseys you'll see some pirates you'll see some pirates jerseys the in. great thing about Steelers playing at home on a sunday or playing anyway on a sunday that's always the time to go to the giant Eagle, yep <laughs> which is the which is the grocery store you go to the grocery store during the Steelers yep. game you're in and out of there in five minutes. And there's coyotes. There's coyotes roaming around. <laughs> the coyotes came in from L.A. Yeah. My mom will literally ask me, this is true, and she's watching. She'll go, when do the Steelers play this week? I'll say Monday night. She'll go, ah, crap. She goes, she goes tell me when there's a Sunday game because that's when she'll go do her big shot because yeah. you go to Giant Eagle, and that's when you go and get your groceries. That's I can't right. believe you said that. Yeah. Um, it must have been magical, though, if we can go to the Pirates for a minute. Those three years uh, with McCutcheon and Walker and uh, just great years. We didn't get over the hump. Of course, the one-game wild-card playoff we had to face, Jake Arrieta and M Madison, Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner. Oh, my God. They yeah. both throw shutouts, right? I think they were both shutouts. Or... They are both really good. They are both in their primes. Yeah, at, that was that just time. unfortunate that they changed the role after. But those were some great years, and you must have had fun calling Pirate games then. Pirates were great. When I got there, uh, one of my partners, Greg Brown, told me, he, goes, he said, you're coming at a good time. He said, I think they're going to be good in a few years. And we got to about 2011, and at the All-Star break, we were up there, then had a massive collapse, <laughs> largely because of what happened in Atlanta. Uh, oh, you mean the extra inning game? Yeah, the worst. See, I knew what you were talking worst, about. Worst call of worst all time. Worst call of all time. Uh, anybody can go Google yeah, it. Yeah, after the show on yeah. YouTube. Just look on YouTube. Yeah. It was like in the- Julio Lugo. And McCutcheon was pitching. There was a, Daniel, had, McCutcheon Daniel McCutcheon was pitching. was pitching. Michael McHenry was McHenry, catching. McHenry, the fort, yeah. The fort was catching. The worst call in baseball history. Guy slides, gives himself up. Yeah. Three feet in front of home plate. He's tagged. Yeah. Jerry Meals, the home plate umpire, goes, it's the bottom of the 19th. He's out. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. No, he called him safe. Yeah, I mean, he, safe, him, yeah, yeah, he safe. called him safe. And then the game ended. The they Pirates. walk off that way, and I thought Clint Hurdle had a stroke. Yeah. Uh, who was managing that. And that was downhill from that year. It was that downhill because the, the pitching staff never recovered. Oh. We didn't have enough to to fill up, to backfill. Yeah. Um, but 2012, same thing. Get there for the All-Star break. Things are going well. Then you collapse in yep. august 13 was different though 13 was our best shot um 2013 playing the reds in the wild card game october 1st 2013 was uh i remember ron darling saying on the tv broadcast when they showed a a, a panning shot of pnc park everybody's in black yeah and they are loud oh and that is the loudest i've ever i've ever been in a ballpark was that particular night and he said this is what uh, what was it? Twenty some odd years. He goes. This is what a couple yeah, of since seventy nine. A couple of I decades know. of losing sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And he was right. And you know, people ask me, you know, what kind of atmosphere was that? And I say, okay, well, I've done. I've been fortunate enough to broadcast a, a number of Olympic games. Yeah. One of the loudest arenas I was ever in was in Athens in two thousand four when I was doing men's basketball between the USA oh, wow. and Greece. Yeah. The home team. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty thousand people. 19,990 of them are from <laughs> Greece. Greece yeah. And it's crazy. It is, is nuts. PNC Park was louder than that. Are you serious? Because I saw you called the Olympics, and that's, that's, yeah. that in yeah. itself it, is amazing. That, it was but louder than that. It was. I, I wasn't there. I almost flew in for it, but tickets were crazy. And I watched it from Los Angeles. I had chills. I jumped in my pool afterwards with a bottle of champagne. I was so excited. But when Cueto dropped the ball, yeah. that was the moment. So Cueto drops the ball. Uh, the next year, let's fast forward to 2014 opening series. We open in uh, St. Louis, I think. And the, the hotel uh, elevators in the place in St. Louis at the Westin are really slow. They're really <laughs> slow. So standing there, and I'm standing there with Francisco Liriano and uh, uh, who's the other guy we had? Not uh, Johnny Cueto's buddy. Um, uh, am I drawing a blank? Francisco. No, you said that. No, no I, was, I was with Liriano and uh, another pitcher. Okay. Who, who's really, clo really close with, uh, with Cueto. And we're just talking. I say, hey, you know Johnny really well. He goes, yeah. And I said, well, why did he drop the ball? Right. He goes, he's breaking in a new glove. And I said, in the wild card game? <laughs> yeah, he's right. breaking in a new He goes, that's what he told me. I said, that's a bunch of crap. That is. And, and I, he goes, no, that's what he told me. He, that's the story that yeah. I got. I'm and pitching I, the biggest game of my career. Let's break it in. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait for tomorrow's game. Yeah, because, did you tell the story? Yeah. Yeah, this is, and I think if I, when I think of the pitcher's name, you'll know who he is. I have to know who um, he is, but. Anyway, so that was the, the behind-the-scenes story there. But 14 was good, but 
you know, playing the Giants, the Giants uh, got the second wild card thing. Madison Bumgarner was his absolute best. Yeah, unbelievable. And he was his absolute best that night. We couldn't get anything going. And then uh, in 15, Jake Arrieta, this is when Twitter started to really go, and he says, bring it on. Yeah, I remember. And everybody came out, and they were all fired up, and he he brought it on himself. Shut us down. He was really good, and the Cubs Four went nothing. on, and uh, uh, they advanced. But uh, in 13, when we went to the uh, division series against the Cardinals. Yeah. Had him up against the ropes in game four. Should have won game four. Charlie Morton pitched against Michael Waka. They both pitched the games of their lives, especially Waka. Uh, we should have won that one because Adam Wainwright was lying in wait I know. for game five back yeah. in St. Louis. The nemesis. And um, he hadn't lost at home all year. So, and dominates the Pirates. Just owned the Pirates. Yeah, he, he owned the Pirates. And then we had a decision to make because A.J. Burnett, was he going to start or not? Because his ERA in St. Louis, if you look it up, go to baseball reference right now. Look right. at his ERA in St. Louis. It's over 12. Jeez. And Garrett Cole yeah. was a rookie and pitching well. Yeah. And so Clint Hurdle made the difficult decision to go with Garrett Cole rather than put A.J. Burnett in a chance where he wasn't going to, you know, probably not going to succeed uh, because he hadn't. Yeah. And every time we were down there during the season and he would pitch, he just got lit up Damn. for whatever reason. He was really good most yeah. of the time, but St. Louis was a was a problem. So they, they went with Garrett Cole and Cole against Wainwright. They win and uh, we go home. Wainwright retiring this year, retired this past season. Thank God. I was so tired. I, every time he pitched against the Pirates, it was like, okay, this is going to be a four-hit shutout. He's going to go eight innings, give up one run. He just dominated. Yeah, he knew how to pitch. He I mean, knew how to pitch. And even in, yeah. I, I, it was neat. To, I, I hate the Cardinals. I'm not a fan of the Cardinals. But they gave him a, a, a plate appearance, right? And he got to end his career batting. But he was yeah. he just killed the Pirates. All right, let's quickly talk about the World Series, if you don't mind, real quick. You got the Diamondbacks. You got the Texas Rangers. Who do you think is going to win this series? Tell you what, uh, I wouldn't count the Diamondbacks out. Uh, and I would not have said that a month ago. I know, right? Who would have? We played the Diamondbacks a lot this year. At the be in April, boy, they played really well. I think they took three or four in yeah. Arizona against us in April. And I'm like, man, these guys are really good. <laughs> they got some good young players. And Alec Thomas guy, he struggled during the year. He got sent to AAA. I was over here in Vegas in Summerlin watching him play over there Jeez. for Reno yeah. this year. <laughs> he was playing for Reno this year. And, and that, now look what he's doing for the Diamondbacks in the postseason. So those are the kind of players you can see up there when you go up to a game. I know I can't. I but anyway, do it. It, so you know Corbin Carroll is really good. He's just, he's just falling into his own. And, and I know I know I know Tori Lavello very well. He he was oh, the bench wow. coach in Boston when I was there. Jeff Bannister, the bench coach, he was with me in Pittsburgh. He's yeah, a lifelong sure. Pirate. Uh, he and I were texting two days ago about you know just congratulating on finally getting to one after yeah. thirty eight years in yeah. baseball. He'd never been to one. Yeah, life. Um, but he you know so these people are they've got some really good players. Christian Walker is a is a Dodger nemesis. Um, he is, he's done really, really well. And can tell Marte Oof. is playing great right yeah. now. He, yeah. He's, he's, he, he's been inconsistent during the regular season. He's playing great. I wouldn't count them out. Although, uh, the Texas Rangers, I think, um, if, if Max Scherzer is right, yeah, he is really going to be, I think the difference because Arizona's got two guys, uh, Brandon fought has turned into a third, pretty strong third option, the, the rookie. He pitched, against, he pitched against us in August yeah. in Arizona, and I uh, thought he did okay. He, did, he was all right. I mean, he wasn't what we're seeing now. Yeah. But uh, from what I saw out of their bullpen, Kevin Ginkle, uh, his, his slider is as yeah. nasty Wicked. as I have ever seen. It's like a wiffle ball going up there. It's disgusting. Yeah, these guys. I, yeah. I, and there's always that, well, they're, they're so young, they don't realize how big the moment is. And yeah. I don't, they just, I, I, I'm rooting for the Rangers. I always root for the National League. I always have. My dad liked the Texas Rangers because he loved Westerns and stuff. So, And Richie Zisk and Al Oliver and those baby blues, I had those cards. So I guess I'll root for them. Do we have any comments or anything? Uh, yeah, Bob yeah. Dell had a question for you. He wanted to know what the worst career advice you ever got was. <laughs> the worst career he's advice. In an, he's a broadcaster himself, Bob uh, Dell. Uh, the worst career advice. Well, I got to think about that. The marble story is close to good uh, and bad. That was good. <laughs> I didn't actually go try it, by the yeah. way. <laughs> In case you're wondering, I didn't try it. Uh, I would think the worst career advice I got was um, from the general manager of a uh, radio station in my hometown. Okay. Who told me that sports is going nowhere for you <laughs> and we need you on our sales staff to sell oh, newspaper man. ads. And you're really making a big mistake. You're making a young person's mistake in deciding to go into sports broadcasting. You need to be a salesman. <laughs> Well, on that note, we're glad that you didn't take that advice. So am I. And you stuck with Fair broadcasting. Enough. You can listen to Tim 
next year doing Dodger games. He's going to be watching the World Series, and you think the winner is? I think Texas has probably more than the Diamondbacks. You, you got to wonder when, uh, you know, when Cinderella finds uh, whatever the right the pumpkin the or term is or whatever it is. Pumpkins. Uh, it's all about pumpkins yeah. on the show today. I, I think I think Texas has more, um, yeah. but. You never hey, know. This is baseball, and now with the expanded playoff, it's more of a tournament than anything else. The baby snakes, man. You never know. Uh, right now, tonight's game, Rangers are minus 165 here at the South Point. Make sure you come down, place a bet here at the South Point. We got some fun prop bets. It's going to be a good series. And next week, we got Denny Nagel coming in live to take the chair where Tim is. Uh, we're going to take a break. And coming up after this, we have some weekend winners from Kevin Belenkoff. Tim, quite a, th a thrill for having you here. Thank oh, you so thanks much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. That was a big throw for me having Tim Neverett here, Ryan. That was really cool. Because, I, I mean, I listened to – baseball is, you know, my passion, and then baseball announcing is what I was maybe going to do. So, I, by the way, Edison Volquez is the pitcher he couldn't think of, if you're following along, uh, who played with Cueto and the Reds and then was a pirate. So, Edison Volquez – he said he wasn't leaving here until he looked it up, and Ryan and Tim looked it up, and we settled that bet there. Or not bet, but just that fact. Uh, what's happening over there? Uh, we got some li more live comments going on? Um, not quite. Okay. But yeah. Well, Bob Dell's always there. Bob, thank you for always piping in from Maryland. We appreciate it. This gentleman is coming to us from Los Angeles. And ladies and gentlemen, the first time two-timer club member, Kevin Belenkoff. Kevin, right repeat, there. Kevin. Repeat. Repeat. Kevin, thank you're you, back. Frank. You're the first ever repeat. That's, it, I know. That's a little sad. But <laughs> um, but I, I will take the honor nonetheless. Well, Saturday Night Live. And I, actually, I, wanna, I, wanna, I saw I was watching the little promo thing you did. Yep. The milkshake at that ice cream store exceptional oh yeah best milkshake i've ever had that was is that at the, the south point at the is the steak and shake or the ice cream place yeah the ice cream place near the called? front yeah it's right near the front next to the starbucks yeah yeah all right well i got a milkshake i've ever had cake's corner yeah kate's corner. okay well kate's, kate's corner. corner kate's corner right here next to the starbucks it's right by the entrance to the south point where you should come down to play some bets because kevin's going to give you a couple winners come down here and uh get a milkshake what flavor did you get uh, my, I'm guessing strawberry. It was some time ago. I only do, but chocolate. I am a fan of the strawberry shake. I only do chocolate. I've only been, a, I've always been a chocolate. No guy. Oreo. No, I don't know. See, remember we were talking about how I don't like cake oh, and ice cream yeah, together. I just want something smooth. I, I don't mix. So just chocolate. If I go to a restaurant or an ice cream place, I get chocolate. If I go to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, I'm getting the chicken burrito. I do, don't even give me a menu. I'm very strange, Ryan. All right, Kevin, uh, you, uh, you yes. watched last night's game last night. 
What a weird. Yes, I, I was disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in you because I, you will recall, you received a text from me saying play Tampa Bay in the under. You did. You did. You did. And apparently, apparently you'll be carving pumpkins as a result. Yes. Now I want to say in my defense, I let, let me pick. I let Ryan pick first. I said, all right, who do you want I tonight? So Maybe I'm, I should have texted him. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't even love the game last night. I'm just giving you a hard time. I it did, was. It was a tough game. I did have Tampa in a pick'em league plus eight and a half, so I'm good there. So I covered that. All right. So I did. Uh, take- what really bugs me is is that this this new you're down by 14, you uh, score a touchdown, and then you go for two nonsense. I I don't know. I I know it's the analytics. Yeah. It's the biggest bunch of garbage ever. Yeah. Kick the extra point. Yes. You need another touchdown anyway, then, and then go if you want to. Exactly. I was very so surprised. That yeah, you really all, yeah, because if you don't get the two-point conversion, then, you know. Game's up. Well, it, no, then you're supposed to score and then get the game two-point conversion. And then you got to play overtime. Yeah. So kick the extra point, pray, maybe you'll get the ball back and score. Yeah, exactly. And Godwin almost caught that Hail Mary. We were talking about it earlier. I mean, if he turns around yeah. a second sooner, he might catch that ball. I mean, that's uh, that would have been I, that would have been exciting because then the over would have hit. I would have won some money. And even if they don't, uh, the, then Buffalo – we're just lost which, outright. Yeah, which, which, by the way, I wanted Buffalo to lose technically because it would help the Steelers come playoff seating because I'm already thinking of the playoffs. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, since I am wearing my favorite Steelers shirt and they are playing Jacksonville and they are home underdogs, two and a half points yeah. at home right now. And I know you, you like this game. Always, always a good home underdog. I mean, if you look at since Tomlin took over, uh, the team sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good, but it's, they've always been a solid home underdog. But here's a stat I found that'll really um, open your eyes: Jacksonville. Now Jacksonville was in London a couple weeks, right? Came back. They were on the road last week in their second consecutive road game. They've covered just twice in the last thirteen times, two and eleven mm-hmm. against the number. Uh, so I'll play against Jacksonville, grab the home dog with the Steelers, and uh, and go that way. Yeah, I like that. Now, and I like the under in that game too. I like I like that game to stay under. It, it's it's a really low number, and I'm a little cautious with those because I know the the lines are coming down. We talked about that yeah. the first time I was here yes. um, about how they're lowering the the, the totals. But um, Pittsburgh's uh, as a, as a non division home dog has gone under in eight of their last nine. They go under at home pretty consistently. So even though the number number is low. I would lean toward the under in that spot. So that total has kind of moved around here. It's yes. uh, opened 41 and a half, went down to 40 and a half, then to 41, 41 and a half, 42, 41, and said sitting at 41. Wow, sitting at 41, yeah. I like it at 41. <clears throat> yeah. You know, uh, anything over 40, I'd say. Um, but, uh, again, Steelers under at home is always a very solid way to look. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way they've been playing, they've been eking out these victories. It's been – uh, Sean, who also works on the show and our producers, it's been tough to watch these games, but they find a way to win. And they're coming. They have three straight home games, and the schedule it's it's Jacksonville, then Tennessee on Thursday night, which I didn't realize was a Thursday night game until I saw the promo for it. And then they have Green Bay. So you, possibly, possibly, could the Steelers be seven and two in a few weeks? It would be All winnable or, or losable. That's the, those are that good games. And they and in the promo for the game, they show T.J. Watt. We know T.J. is going to be there next Thursday. And then for Tennessee, they're showing Derrick Henry, who might not even be there. So, yeah, the trade deadline. So, what other NFL games were you were you peeking at for us? And by the way, Kevin, your record a couple was, weeks ago when you were here was exceptional. So we got to we got to make sure we write these best. Yeah, but last week it was it was not good. But you but weren't I, on the show you know, last you week. You got good weeks and bad weeks. I'm coming off a really bad week. That means um, you're due. All right. Uh, you want to look at Tennessee, Atlanta? Sure. I like I like I like Tennessee in this spot. Um, they are uh, eight one and one in what I call closely lined games, which is plus or minus three. When anytime the line is, is is three or less, that's a game you can win. And and so in those tightly contested games, they do okay. And uh, in the same situation, in a closely lined game, Atlanta just zero and six against the number. And uh, they're in a situation where they're in their second straight road game. That's a spot where they only go three and twelve against the number. So we'll play against the Atlanta Falcons. Go with Tennessee. Yeah, Atlanta's a tough team to figure out. I mean, they they really no, are. You know what? Most of the teams in the NFL, there's no great team, yeah. um, and there's a couple really lousy ones. Yeah. Um, but but everybody can beat anybody. So that's why I look at things like scoring patterns and and scheduling and things that are that are likely to affect a team that's not a great team. Uh, and there really isn't a great team, I don't think. There really isn't. Any given Sunday, that's why they yeah. named the movie. Um, Ryan, right. now Ryan is a Chicago Bears fan and uh, yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been a rough haul. 
You, I didn't realize you have the Sunday night game in LA against the Chargers. Two teams, yeah, that have disappointed fans big time right there. How do you feel about that game, Ryan? We'll ask Ryan first as a Bears yes, fan. It's well, Justin Fields is out, so yes. it's Tyson Badgett again. Is this a bad thing? We they play with a little more fire with Badgett, you think, or no? So, my thing is, I think the coaching staff does not want to game plan with Justin Fields. They don't want to see him succeed because he wasn't their pick. And now that Tyson Badgett is an undrafted free agent signing, they can run whatever they want to make him look good, make the offense look good, make them look smart because he can do the checkdowns, do whatever they need him to do, okay. and not game plan to having an athlete as your quarterback. Wow. And this is your own personal thoughts here. I like it, though. It makes sense, though. Ryan is a conspiracy theorist. What do you <laughs> think is. about the JFK assassination? He talks about the grassy. He walks I talked to every... Kyrie in my spare time. <laughs> oh, Kyrie. Yeah. He's a flat earther. Kyrie Irving. I think he's come out and, and, and flipped and that side now. Realized he's Kyrie Irving. All right. Uh, do you have a feel on so that you game? Want, you, want a good number for the, yeah. you want a good number for the Charger game? Yeah. Because, uh, see, the Chargers are – they just find a way to lose. You talk about bad coaching. It's 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 quite incredible. So the thought of yeah. laying eight and a half points with them is 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 difficult. But they're coming off back to back straight up losses. That's a situation where they're five and one against the number. And Chicago coming off a win of any kind has dropped to the last five. And off a big win, they've dropped the last six. So uh, again, looking at scoring patterns and 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 scheduling and things like that, uh, I'll 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 swallow hard and uh, lay the eight and a half points with the uh, with the Chargers. So bears down, <laughs> bear. That's your bear down. Bears down. Now, I, I think of that's course, the Ryan's conspiracy theory could trump any of this. So so you know, keep an eye on did, that. Did did Oswald act alone, Ryan? In your opinion, no. <laughs> No, he definitely. <laughs> now you want to talk about conspiracy? I am a JFK conspiracy theorist because I have TikTok and there's way too much interesting stuff. There's some film oh, yeah. besides the Zapruder film that this woman has that just came out. Have you seen this woman at a camera? And there's some footage from like the bridge. There's more JFK. I, I'm digress. Uh, JFK. Right, let's, <laughs> let's get off conspiracy theories. Uh, sorry about that. I have um, a whole separate show. It's a whole set. It's a whole show. We're gonna do some other time. Instead of punchlines, we'll do that. Um, any other NFL games that you're thinking about or looking using? And what's what's your th what what do you use? I know I know you're a numbers guy. Obviously, you have to be if you're doing. This yeah, thing. well, I have. I mean, I've been doing this far too long, and so I have. Uh, I keep a record of all these numbers and all these things, and then just update it on a weekly basis. Um, and and uh, you'll find them out there. The internet's a good thing. Uh, it's also an opportunity to to print just about any number. So yeah. I go back and when I can, I, I validate them in, in some sort of way because I, you know, I have a record of the last 20 years worth of games. And uh, it would be really easy if I was a computer genius and I could figure out a way to kind of <laughs> figure out, do it that way. But I do it by hand primarily. Pen um, and pencil, yeah. And, like and so you see numbers that kind of repeat themselves. And, and some teams maintain the same character. Pittsburgh's one of them. The Steelers, have, have even when they're, when they're good or when they lose, their numbers sort of hold up. New England's like a different case. New England had numbers that were great for 10 years, and then someone left, and, and he took the numbers with them. So, <laughs> is, is it Voldemort? Um, you can't say his name? Is it he who's remaining? Nah, well, I, I don't want to blame it on Belichick. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know you're a big baseball guy. We had Tim Neverett here who does Dodger games. You're a giant, yeah. you're a giant Dodger fan. Uh, well, we don't say giant and Dodger we don't together. Say, but that's yes. like saying giant Jets fan. I did it to Jeff Parles, who will be on Sports by the Book later today. Um, yeah, I said giant Jets fan, so I can't say giant. Yeah, it's the hated ones. Um, now yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story because you told Take about the, listening to Vince Foley. I was I was probably about seven years old. I had a transistor radio that I had won on Truth or Consequences. Um, <laughs> Wait, how old I, are I you? Was, I laughed the hardest at the beginning of the show. For those of you, most people don't even know what that show is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I was and I just kind of discovered the Dodgers and I discovered Vince Scully and I used to go to sleep every single night listening to Vin Scully uh, call the Dodger games. This is exactly so, what I did. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can see the radio that we're I not had. Alone. There's a lot of people tell that story. Oh, yeah. And then people either say, what's a transistor radio? Or right. um, yeah. or, or they, say, they say something similar. Yeah. yeah. No, I, it was an AM, FM. This, the radio I had was AM, FM. I had an AM, FM with the turntable. And then this thing that went wow. over. Yeah, it was fancy. It was a, a great uncle passed away, and I, and I got that. But that's what I listened to a lot of Vin Scully on. Yeah. Did you have something, Ryan? Transistor radios? No, not did on trans transistor? not on transistor radios. <laughs> yes. Did you? Google? Well, I did want to ask the uh, the Rams Cowboys game. Oh yeah. 
So the the Cowboys are six and a half point favorites, but ninety four percent of public money is on Dallas. People love to bet Dallas. Well, that used to be that used to be a recipe to go the other way. Right. It's not quite the same now. People okay. have a lot more information with access to the internet and stuff. But usually, if you saw a big line move, that was an indication that all the money was going one way, and you just say thank you, and you quietly go the other way right. and, and win. <laughs> but, um, so that game's a pass for me. It's it's okay. a tough one. Rams. I was I was against the Rams last week. They won. Um, and Cowboys are one of those teams that can beat anybody, or they could lose to Arizona, which they did. So it's and a tough game to figure out. Our local team, the yes. Raiders, on the road in Detroit, um, are eight point underdogs, but eighty eight percent of public money is on Detroit. Is on Detroit. They're expecting them to bounce back. Well, right? I'll tell you, Detroit thirteen two and one against the number. Their last sixteen games at home. That's overwhelming. That's it's you know I can't play right. against that. And the Raiders, the Raiders are they they're like the Chargers. They find a way to lose. They do. Um, so it's a big number. And Detroit sort of showed last week they're not what they might have been. But but I'll take a I'll take a shot and but, lay the eight points. But if we buy a point, if if that, right now I saw it at seven, I saw it seven and a half at some points. If I can buy a point, I can get that under a touchdown. I like Detroit in that game. I don't. I tend not to to to. to uh, by any you know half point or whatever, and the reason why is because you're paying for that. Right. So three things could happen. One, you could have won anyway, in which case you're winning less. Two, you could have lost anyway, in which case you're losing more. <laughs> and the only situation where you're where you look like a genius is if they hit that number right on the nose. So I, I tend to just go with the numbers and go from there. But it's it, it's it's a strategy, it, you know. If that's if that's if you feel more comfortable that way, some people use teasers. I, I don't I don't play teasers. Yeah. But it's same same concept. Is uh, I don't play teasers because I tend to find I don't need them. If I would have, I, I might do a parlay, which yeah. you're really not supposed to do. But um, <laughs> really? I'll parlay the same side and total in the same game because yeah. that uses the same sort of theory. I that that's more likely to be a winning parlay. Like last night, parlay Tampa Bay in the under. But yeah, you gave it to me, and I I know I know I know. I know. <laughs> So the Detroit Lions haven't played on Monday night since like Reagan was in the White House or something ridiculous, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Detroit's going to be on yeah. fire. That atmosphere is going to be incredible in Detroit. They've been waiting a long time for that game. Um, so, yeah, I like the Lions in that game. I like, uh, Of course, I think if you watched the show this past Monday, I liked the Lions against Baltimore. I thought that was my pick of the week. How'd that work out? What was that? Yeah, I score? liked them too. Yeah. Um, so a lot to not very much. Oh nah, man! All right, so let's let's end with the World Series because the World Series is starting tonight. Game one. You're a big fan. Uh, yeah. Kevin, actually, you know, it's funny when Tim brought up Rick Monday. The first thing I thought about oh, was yeah. the bobblehead. Uh, famously, Rick Monday. He was with the Cubs at the time. He's playing left field for the Cubs, and two people had jumped over, uh, ran onto the field, and tried to light an American flag on fire. I do remember that. Yeah, you remember that's a famous a video. And yeah, yeah, and Rick Monday snatches the flag from them. And became a hero in Los Angeles, and then of course became a Dodger, where he's legendary, and he now does the games. So who they, was traded? Who was traded from the Dodgers to the Cubs for Rick Monday? Oh it's man, that's a tough. That's Ernie Brulio. That's the Lou Brock trade. I have no idea. Give me a clue. His nickname was Pickles. Oh my! I have no idea. Who was that? You've never heard of him, Mike Garman. No, Mike Garman. He was a pitcher. I remember, yeah, Mike Garman. Yeah. And then he yeah. went on to make millions the, uh, making navigation systems. Like, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so Dodgers, Dodgers came away with the good. Yeah, good they one did there. good with Rick Monday. But you gave me a Rick Monday bobblehead. They 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 had a bobblehead. Yeah. We met for lunch, and he got me one of these, and it was him snatching the flag away that I still have proudly. Uh, I love that bobblehead. It's one of the best ones ever. It's worth two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. Damn it! No, I'm, going I'm kidding. If it was worth two thousand dollars, I'm coming over and taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who do you like in the World Series? Just personal. You're. you're I mean, are you a National League guy? Uh, you're National. I'm kind of irritated with this World Series, to be honest, because uh, Arizona's not one of the best ten teams in baseball. They really are, and, man. And and Texas may not be either. I, I mean, I probably put them in the top ten. I don't think I'd put them in the top five. And so who wants to watch these two teams play? I'd rather watch Atlanta. I'd rather watch Baltimore. They were exciting. And, they were. and you know, so they just, to, to me, Texas is at least a little exciting. They hit the ball really well. Arizona's boring as can be. So yeah. um, I'll probably be rooting for the Rangers. No stolen bases? I, I don't, I, no, yeah, you don't like the speed? A lot of stolen bases. A lot of free tacos coming no, this way. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't like the, the, the three pitches. There are three, three what's a disengagement to right. first base. Right. It's completely illogical to me. You do what? Do you see what like Cedric Mullins did that one time? He taunted the pitcher yep. into going over there a third time, 
Yeah. And just so it would be a block. Yep. And, it's been, done, and, been done a couple times. I mean, I don't year. mind. I don't mind the pitch block. I thought I was going to hate the pitch block, yeah. but it doesn't bother me. Um, and you know, so stolen bases are a little cheap now, but it's exciting. I it guess. Is. All right. Well, Jeff Parles, who will be coming up on Sports by the Book here shortly. Just an hour. Just an hour. Um, just an hour tonight. Two o'clock tonight. Uh, two Jeff, hours. Two, two hours hour show. Two hours starting two in an hour. Yeah. Yep. I should learn the schedule here, shouldn't I? There's only two shows to memorize. <laughs> I have a hard enough time with noon to one on my show. Um, Jeff has called Arizona the worst baseball team ever in the World Series, and it's hard to argue with it. It used to be the 88 Dodgers. And I a lot said of people that. said that was Jeff, I came back yeah. and said the 88 Dodgers as well because uh, Gibson was hurt, and they swept the – I the, said the same yeah, thing. You have Mickey Hatcher in Mickey your starting Hatcher. lineup. There's yes. a problem. I remember yeah. seeing Mickey Hatcher hit his first home run on a Dodger game. It was he was a rookie. He he looked old anyway, even when he was a rookie. Because he I think he came he <laughs> came up late. But he he started and he got into the dugout and you'd never seen a player more excited. So I always like had a had a, a soft spot for Mickey Hatcher because the name's Mickey. But I remember him celebrating in the dugout like holy crap! I just did a homer in the in the major leagues. All right, so World Series tonight. You got football all weekend. You got hockey. You got basketball. Everything's happening. Kevin, you liked the Steelers. You liked the under, correct? Yep. And what else yep. was there? There was one more you liked. Oh, t- Tennessee. Uh, I don't know what else. The Titans. Tennessee, like Tennessee. Yeah, I like Tennessee. Okay. So play yeah. those games. You can come down to the South Point Casino, guys. We have the best best odds. Everything's great. You can play some blackjack, 3-2 blackjack. Best odds on blackjack. Milkshake. And you get the, you get milkshake. And you get the, the strawberry milkshake at Kate's Corner right there. We appreciate you guys watching the show. Please click subscribe, drive for 500. And uh, we'll be back Monday with Denny Nagel. We got France. Uh, Marty Cordova is going to be here. Tom Glavin. Big baseball week here. We're very excited for the World Series. So thank you for watching the show. Ryan, any closing words? Yeah, just stay here. YouTube channel, Sports by the Book in one hour. Subscribe and share. Come back and watch Sports by the Book. For the weekend, I'm Frank Nicotero. Punchlines, live in Nevada. Live in Nevada every show.